Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. If you have your Bibles today, open your Bibles today to Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to turn there in just a moment as we kind of head into that message today. We are starting a new series today called God Is. Turn to your neighbor and say, God Is. Um, God Is is a series that we're going to fill in the blank. What is God? Who is God? What does God do? Uh, God Is, and every week we're going to build upon who God is. Uh, That's where we're going to be going over the next couple of weeks. And today kind of launches us into that about God Is is as we head into this kind of Christmas season, we're going to remind ourselves about how amazing God is and what God can do in all of our lives. Uh, There's a story about a little boy that was uh, in a lunch line. They were going through the cafeteria lunch line, and they were getting their uh, different kinds of items they were going to eat for the day. And there was this basket full of apples. And on the basket full of apples, in front of it was a little sign. It said, please only take one. God is watching. Little boy took one apple and he went on down. He saw this plate full of cookies with no sign on it at all. So little boy took his time. He wrote out a new letter in front of it. He put up there. It said, take all you want. God's watching the apples. (laughs) Uh, That story kind of illustrates what I'm going to talk to you about today. And that is this. We're going to fill in the blank. Our first week, our first blank we're going to fill in is God is all-knowing. Turn to your neighbor and say, all-knowing. Now, I've met a lot of people, and you may know people. You ever met somebody that's a know-it-all? Raise your hands if you know a know-it-all. Raise your hands if you're the (laughs) know-it-all. A few of you are honest. All right. yeah, we, we have these people in our lives that they think they know it all. They kind of act like they know it all. But deep down, we know they don't. This uh, today is about God is all-knowing. And look in your Bibles. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13 says it this way. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him who watch. And we must give an account. How much is before God? Everything, all, he knows all, he's in all, he is with us all, he knows all there is. Bow your heads with me today. Father, help us today to be able to uh, be used by you, God. Help my, me to be able to speak what you want me to say. Uh, I pray that hearts will be open. Most importantly, God, that we would understand you are the all-knowing God who sees all, knows all, and is in all. Uh, as we kick off this who you are, God, teach us well. Help us understand and comprehend, and may we put it deep in our souls. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. The Bible is very clear. God knows it all. In a theological term, I'm going to give some theology to you. They've taken the simplistic way of God all-knowing, and they made it a very complex word. It's known as omniscient. Turn your neighbor and say omniscient. Omniscient. Say, God bless you. It sounds like they sneezed on you. Omniscient. Um, omniscient is a very, it's the very sophisticated way of saying God is all-knowing. 
He knows all. He's always known all, and he is still knowing all. But what is the scope of God's knowledge? Where are the parameters of it? How does it work? Well, I have some quick little uh, understanding about what God knows. Well, here's the first thing. God knows all about himself. Now, I don't know about you, but I discover new things about me every day. I'm discovering as I get older how really stupid I have been in my past, even though in my past I justified it all day long. I know I'm probably the only one in here. Um, I understand more, and I'm understanding more. I don't know everything about myself. I don't understand everything about what makes me tick or work or operate. But God knows all about himself. He understands. He knows everything about himself. The second thing is this. God knows all about creation. He created it. Therefore, he knows about it. The things that we are still discovering today, God created and knows all about it far before we get there. Way back in Genesis, when God started creating things, and he started saying, it is good, it is good. Only one time did he say it was not good is when he created man, and he said it was not good, not because the man was not good, ladies, but because man was alone. So when he created Eve to be a companion with Adam, he said, it is very good. So God knows all about creation. He knows every tree, every leaf, every blade of grass, every uh, animal crawling, every animal flying, every animal swimming. God knows all about creation because he created it. Uh, The final thing is this. God knows all about history. He knows all about the past. He knows all about the present. And God knows all about the future. God knows what has happened. God knows what is happening, and God knows what will still be happening down many years and decades and centuries from us. Now, God knows all. God knows all about himself. God knows all about creation, and God knows about history. Why? Because God is all-knowing. He knows all there is. Now, I could stop right there, and that could be our message, but I feel like let's apply this to our lives. Let's go a little bit deeper. If God knows all this, what does God know about us? What does God know about us? Uh, let's, let's go with this first one. God knows all my faults and all my failures. And everybody in the house that are grateful for that say, thank you, God. Because even though he knows it, he doesn't hold it against us. Thank you, God. He knows all of my faults, all of my failures. While that's very uncomfortable to me, while that's very revealing to me, while that really exposes me to uh, vulnerability before God, how great it is that he knows my struggles. He knows my, under, he understands what I go through and what I wage against. See, understand this. And I'm gonna give you some facts. Uh, the fact, this is what, actually, let me read this. Psalm 69, verse five says this. It says, for Uh, You, God, know my folly or know my sin. My guilt is not hidden from you. Proverbs 5.21 says this. It says, For your ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all of our paths. See, here's the facts today. The fact is God knows all my faults and all my failures. That is a fact. He understands. He knows them. 
Sometimes we try to hide them. Sometimes we try to cover them. Sometimes we pull an Adam and Eve. When they sinned and they ate of the the forbidden fruit, what do they do? They went and they hid from God. Now, you and I chuckle at that. How could you hide from God? But they believe the same things we believe at times when we fail or when we have sin in our lives. We think we can hide from God, but the fact is God sees all, he knows all, he sees our faults, and he sees our failure. He sees when you cheat on a test. He sees when you cheat at games, even board games, Monopoly. Rip your kids off a couple dollars because they can't count. How dare you? He sees all the struggles that we go through. Nothing is hidden from the sight of God because he sees all, he knows all. So what is our response? How do we respond to God knowing all? My response is, we gotta be honest. And this says honest with God, but I'm gonna say not just honest with God, but honest with yourself. How much freer it would be if we're just honest that God, you already know it, you understand it. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna work through it. I'm not gonna excuse it away, but Lord, help me to have grace, to be able to walk through the struggles. Uh, The Bible says this, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Psalm 30, uh, uh, sorry, Proverbs 28, verse 13 says, cover-ups never work, so come clean with the Lord early. So we're going to understand that while, yes, God knows all, my response is to be honest with God and honest with myself, that he understands my failures and my faults. Uh, second thing, and this is going to be a big one, I think, to you guys. Uh, God, what he, God knows about me, not only does he know my failures and my faults, but God also, he also knows my feelings and my frustrations. He understands your emotions, even when you don't get it. He understands your frustrations with that person that you just struggle with in life, God understands them. It doesn't mean that you can continue to have frustrations, but it means that when you take it to him and when you pray, he understands what you're going through. Psalm 31 verse 7 says, uh, you, God, have listened to all my troubles and you have seen the crisis in my soul. You see what I'm going through and you understand the struggles, my failures and my frustrations, my feelings and my frustrations. So therefore, God, I will trust you. Psalm 56, verse 8, it says, uh, you, have, uh, you know how troubled I am, this is another translation, and you have kept a record of my tears. That means God is right there understanding where you are. So when you have that death in your life, whether it be a, a, fr- a family, a friend, or a loved one, or it's a, a pet, or someone that you beloved and you held dear, or an animal you held dear, even though I may not understand why you would be sad about that, God understands your feelings and your frustrations in life. When you go through a divorce, as troubling and as heartbreaking as that is, God knows. God understands. When you have job problems and employee problems, when you have kid issues and relationships that are struggling, when you're financially 
under the gun. God understands your feelings and your frustrations. Psalm 103, verse 13, 14 says, he is like a father to us, tender and sympathetic. I love that. Tender and sympathetic, for he knows what we are made of. God understands us. So here's the fact. The fact is, the fact is that God is sympathetic of my hurts and our hurts together. The fact is God is sympathetic of our hurts and our pains and our struggles. Because why? He sees the sadness or the sorrow of our life. Psalm 142, verse 3, it says, When I'm ready to give up, he knows what I should do. When I'm ready to chuck in the towel, God says, come to me. I got this. So what's our response? If he knows our hurts, he knows our feelings, he knows our emotions, how do we respond? We give it to him. We bring it to him. And we say, here I am, God. Help me with my feelings. Help me with my emotions. Before I go into my work today, and I literally want to just rip people's faces off, God, help me right here in the car right now. Throw a donut down my throat. Give me a coffee to calm me down. Whatever it takes, a, a little tea. I don't care. Calm me down so that, God, I give it to you now. Help me to work through my emotions because, let's face it, sometimes our emotions lead us instead of God leading us, right? And we want to be God-led and not emotion-driven because if you're emotion-driven, here's how you know if you're emotion-driven. People don't know who you are from one day to the next. You're like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. They literally don't know who am I getting at. Am I getting happy or am I getting angry? Which of the seven dwarfs am I getting today? Right? They don't know where you're at. If you see people run when you walk into work, ask yourself a question. Have I been an emotional person? The answer would be probably yes. So you need to ask God to help you. Uh, deal with your feelings and your frustrations. Ask God to help you with your emotions that you deal with. All right. So what does God help us do? Our response. God helps us to work through our faults and our failures. God knows our feelings and our frustrations. Number three, God knows our future. Turn to your neighbor and say, he knows your future. He knows every second of every minute of your life. Psalm 139 verse 16 says, the days allotted me uh, had, had all been recorded in your book before any of them ever began. Before I even began, you had them recorded in your word. Jeremiah 29, 11, many of you, this is your favorite verse. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope, and plans to give you what? A future. This is God's word to you. He understands your future. So many people seek uh, fortune tellers and tarot cards and, and, and go to lots of different sources and they'll Google, what should I do here? And man, there's a Google search for everything. How should I handle this situation? Or how should I do this? I'm here to tell you right now, your greatest consult, your greatest advocate is God himself. He's not so far off. He's not so far off that he cannot speak and he cannot direct and he cannot handle the struggles you're facing and where you're going in your future. I understand that so many people are struggling in their life with their future decisions, especially if you're post high school, college age. That's some of the roughest years that you're really going to go through besides middle school. 
But post high school, very much about your future, what you're doing, because up to that point, you're kind of told, this is what you're doing, this is where you're going, you're going to school, you're going to wake up, you're going to take a test, you're kind of told what to do. And then you get out, and it's like, what are you going to do? And you're like, I don't know. You've told me this my entire life. What am I supposed to do? And that's where you have to really, and if you're in that age bracket, ask God. You really have to turn to God. Because the fact is, God knows your future. And our response is, we are to seek and ask God for advice about our future. We're supposed to be challenged in the fact that we are asking God, God, help me to know what I'm supposed to do. Now, some people would take this and say, well, does that mean we got to ask God we're going to have our breakfast? Come on, let's, uh, let's just get ridiculous now. I, I, hey, if you want to do that, I believe God will direct you. Probably not to McDonald's, McGriddle, Biscuit, or anything like that, but he'll direct you, he'll guide you, and he'll let you know where to go. But we got to ask God. It's kind of like a curve in the road. If I'm driving down a road and I'm driving like 60 miles per hour and there's a curve coming up ahead... I can't see around that curve. But if I had a drone that was about 100 foot up that could see around for me, I'd be able to tell where I'm going. It's the, it's the macro view versus the micro view. It's the, it's the thousand foot view versus the three foot view. I can't see much at three foot down the road, but at 100 feet, I can see way down the road. So we need to ask the one that sits at a thousand foot view. You need to ask the one that sees the future far down the road and asking, how am I supposed to handle this? What am I supposed to do? So some of you are saying, well, how do I do that? Let me give you a practical, just a very practical thing. When you wake up in the morning, when you stretch and you kind of get ready to crawl out of bed, before you put your feet on the ground, before you get out of bed, you pause your soul before you go and handle those screaming kids, you pause your soul. Before you get your clothes on and go into that job and you deal with people that have half a brain because you're the smartest person in the room, you take before you get out of bed, you calm your soul and you say, God, you know all the moments of my life. So this day, I ask you, guide my steps, guide my mouth, Ooh, guide my thoughts and help me today, God, when I lay my head back down here tonight to say, God was in my life and he knows my future. It's literally two, three minutes, guys, no big deal. Take it, pause it, ask him to be the one to guide your steps. So fact is God knows our future and we're gonna ask him for guidance and direction. So what does God know about me? Here's what we're learning so far. God knows all my failures and all my faults. Second thing, God knows all my feelings and all my frustrations. God knows my future. Number four, God knows my fears. Oh boy. Some of you think you got him duped. Some of you think that you've convinced yourself enough that you don't have those fears, that you think God has believed you don't have those fears. Matthew, Jesus is talking, Matthew said, uh, in Matthew, and Jesus says this. He says, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink, for your heavenly Father is already going to take care of them. And Jesus went on to illustrate. He said, 
The lilies of the field, they don't worry about it. Why? Because the dew in the morning takes care of them. The birds in the air, they don't worry about it. Why? Because Heavenly Father is taking care of them. And he says, aren't you worth more than lilies and a bird? Aren't you, isn't your life more valuable than that? You were created in the image of God. Therefore, God knows what you need before you ask it. He understands your fears. When you lay your head down, when you wake up in the morning, when you walk through your day, he understands the bills that are chomping at your paycheck every single time you get paid. He understands that mortgage that's pressing in on you. He understands in our economic world where we're in, where everything is more than it's been in many years and sometimes at an all-time 40-year high. He understands, and he understands that you are saying, how am I going to make it? How am I going to do it? That fear, that anxiety that comes up and wells up inside of you, he understands your fears. He understands Parents, whenever your kids are making stupid decisions and your kids seem to be walking away from God instead of walking to God, he understands your fears that they're going to be lost and lost forever. He understands whenever that sick loved one and you get that, that loved one you, you care for so much is sick and terminally ill and you don't know what the future is going to be, God knows your fears. He understands your anxieties. What is the thing, I'm going to ask you, what is the thing that keeps you up at night? What is that thing that paralyzes you because the fear is so overwhelming? Some of you, it's a loss of a loved one. Some of you, it's a loss of a job. Others of you, it's, uh, it's economic uh, failure inside your home where you're struggling to make ends meet. Others of you today, what is that loss? Others of you, it is it's just the fact that we don't know what the future holds, especially we're coming up on, on, on our midterm elections. We're coming up on things that are going to be voted on and everything like that. And I'm going to encourage you all, get out and vote. Get out and vote. People fought and died for that. We need to do our, our, our American and Christian duty to vote for uh, individuals to lead this country. I'm going to encourage you, get out and vote. But even with that, there's anxiety that can come up in that. What's going to happen? What if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? I'm here to tell you, God knows and understands your uh, anxiety, your fears, even the things that no one else understands. I don't have the same fears that you do, but I still have fears and I still have anxieties. I may be able to uh, moderate my anxiety more than others, but it doesn't change the fact that we all, anxiety is a universal issue and challenge that we all face. So we're going to, the fact is that God knows, here's the fact. The fact is God knows everything you need before you ask. So our response is we're going to trust God with everything we have. He knows your needs before you ask. You say, well, why ask? Well, I firmly believe we ask, we ask because we're saying, hey, Father, I know you got this, but I'm just going to give it back to you again because I'm struggling with the thoughts. I'm struggling with the anxiety, and I need to just give it back to you, God. 
It's much like, and those of you who don't have kids, this will be an analogy that uh, even though you don't have kids, think about your own earthly father. It's this right here. My kids, if I know something that they could use, I could overstep and just go give it to them. But it doesn't teach them the fact that they have a father that loves them, and if they just ask, I'll give it to them every time. I want to rescue because that's what I did their whole life, but you can't do that all the time. And that's where we are as believers. God, God could rescue us every time, but it doesn't teach us to trust in him. It doesn't teach us to call on him. It doesn't teach us to bring our anxiety before him and lay it at his feet. So our response is, don't worry, trust God. Don't worry, trust in his, his ability to be able to do the impossible in our lives. Don't worry, trust God. He has everything we need anyway. So we're not gonna worry, we're gonna trust God. So what does God know about me? Real quick, and this is good to our last point. God knows all my faults and all my failures. God knows my feelings and my frustrations in life. God knows my future and where I'm going, so I'm going to ask him to guide and direct my step, uh, steps. God knows all my fears and all my anxiety, so I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to ask him, and I'm going to continually bring my anxiety to him. I'm going to continually bring my anxiety to where he is at, so he takes the number. The last thing is this. God knows all about my faithfulness. Turn to your neighbor and say faithfulness. Now, this is one that is a little bit more challenging. But God knows every time you don't sin. God knows when you make a good choice. God knows when you've walked away. God knows when you turn the other cheek. God knows all the faithful things that you have done that would honor him. God knows all those things in your life. Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 1 and 4 says this, Be careful not to, not to do your acts of righteousness before men so that they will see what you've done. But what do you do? You do them in secret so that the Heavenly Father rewards those things done in secret. When you do good, when you do the right thing, when you make the right choices, you just keep it yourself. And you just let God reward you secretly because it's in the secret place that he does it. See, fact is, every good deed will be rewarded. This is fact. Every good deed will be rewarded by God himself. Imagine yourself on a stage and you can have all these people out front, but there's really just one that you have to please, and that's God himself. You're living for the audience of one. This is what it means to be faithful to God no matter what. Every good deed that you do, the fact is God will reward it. But the response that we have is this. Don't be discouraged and here for things you don't see because God will reward them in his own time. God will reward them in his own time. So let's put a little bit of practicality to this, do this. You're a spouse, 
and your spouse hasn't been real great, hasn't been real supportive, hasn't been real encouraging, has actually been abusive, but you remain faithful and you remain quiet and you remain steadfast, I'm here to tell you your faithfulness, God sees, God knows. You're in a workplace and it seems like in the workplace, people are making immoral decisions all the time and you stand your ground and you stand up for what you believe is right. You don't go where they go. You don't do what they do. You don't talk like they talk. You kind of take a, a very pure stance. I'm here to tell you, God sees your faithfulness. Young people, high school, younger than 21, you got all your friends drinking and partying and throwing down uh, beer here and there and alcohol beverages and you go to the parties, but you don't drink. You don't be up, you're not a part of that. You don't engage with it. Guess what? And you don't do it because you know, number one, it's illegal for you. But number two, you know, it's not very becoming of you to do that and then be a Christ witness to them. So you don't. You know what? They may mock you. They may laugh at you. They may scoff. But God sees and will reward your faithfulness. So don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged, young people older people, when you're not invited to be a part of certain parties because they don't want the holy roller there, count that an honor. Count that an honor. You're not included with that group. Count it an honor whenever you're not asked to go on vacations with different people because they have a different lifestyle than what you have. And your lifestyle it, you know, never preach at them. You never say a word to them. You just live your life unto Jesus. I, I've never preached at anybody uh, myself. I just live my life like I do. I remember uh, working at a very secular job and a very worldly job with, uh, this is not a generalized statement, but this was at this job, working with truckers and they had truckers mouths. That's what they, they you know, they, every other word was F this and F that. And man, they just, they let it fly and they didn't like Christians at all. I never forget, they did not like Christians. And I just lived my life quietly among them. I did my job, I worked my piece, I did what I do, clocked in, clocked out, all that stuff. And uh, wasn't invited to go to bars after work. Wasn't invited to be a part of the community of truckers. I was okay with that, I really didn't care to do that. But I'll never forget as time went on, God started allowing uh, me opportunity just to love on these guys and be there for them. And it, would it was never like a, um, it was never like a moment where all of a sudden it was like the ball, the, the, the light bulb went off. But I remember, here's how it happened. It would be this, it would be a guy, would be, I'd be working with them and they would say, hey, you're a Christian, right? I say, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, try to be <laughs> best I can. And they're like, listen, I, I don't pray. I don't really talk to God, but would you say a prayer? My, my wife and I went through divorce and I don't know where else to turn. And they would just start sharing their hearts. They started just letting it pour out. You know what they weren't doing? They weren't doing that with their buddies that they were gonna be drinking with later. They were doing that with somebody that was comfortable, confident, and that they trusted. And I, I remember many times on our job site, I would be like, you know what? I will pray for you, but not only will I pray for you, I want to pray with you right now. They're like, right here in front of these guys? 
how desperate are you? I say, how desperate are you? He's like, I'm pretty bad. And I would pray with him right down the shop many times. I mean, I'm talking days upon days, many years. I would just pray with people on the job. Over time, it's what happened. You know why? Because the faithfulness that we serve is what God honors in the long run. Fast forward a few years later. I don't ever tell the story, but I got a phone call from the correctional institution. The correctional institution, they said, will you accept the collect call from one of the guys that I worked with? I said, yeah, yeah, I'll accept it. And I pick up the phone, and as I'm talking to him, he says, hey, he says, I'm in here. I was really stupid. Domestic violence. He said, I need somebody that will just come pray with me because I don't know where else to turn. I went, prayed with him. Just a, a string of events. There's many more stories of that. And I say this because God knows and rewards faithfulness. Guys, don't give up. Scripture says, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap a harvest of righteousness. If you do not give up. So that workplace you work in, those people, those very difficult people you work with, those negative people, oh man, those negative people, come on now negative people all around you that just speak venom and vile and they're angry all the time and they feel like you're just you're just you you don't really want to go in there but let me tell you something you're the light you're the hope you're all they have but you got to be different you can't go in there like them you can't even get in their little posse when they're griping about the boss you can't engage in it you gotta be faithful Step aside, be separate, be a positive light. Some of you are nodding your head because you know I'm telling you the truth. It's all around us. We have to trust that an all-knowing God, he knows, all, he knows all our faults and failures. He knows our feelings and our frustrations. He knows our future. He understands our anxiety so much. And then he knows and reward will reward your faithfulness. Bow your heads to me today. Father God, help us. Help us to be a people that just understand this week the all-knowing, indescribable, uncontainable, everlasting God. Help us, God, as we go through our week, as we go through our jobs, our clock in the morning, clock out at night, our, as we work with our kids, as students go through their hallways, as college students uh, work on their assignments and, and go to college and are faithful there, God, help every single one of us, God, help every single one of us to, to please, God, help us to remember that God is all-knowing, omniscient, knows and understands all my faults and my failures, my feelings and my frustrations, my future, my, my anxiety and my faithfulness. You know it all, God. I pray you search our hearts and search our lives today. Help us, God, to be reminded about who you are and let that be a response to our world around us, God.
You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com.